Welcome to Episode 7 of the Dynasty Dreamers Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Galloway. I'm joined, as always, by Luigi Federico. We are hoping to get Ron Dunn back for our next show. He started a brand new job last night. It's one he's very excited about. Congratulations, buddy. I hope the new gig works out. Collectively, we are the Dynasty Dreamers. We go to bed thinking about Dynasty. We dream about Dynasty. We wake up thinking about Dynasty. You get the picture. Ladies and gentlemen, we are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in addition to YouTube. Today's show is all about trades. We are going to discuss as many trades as we have time for that have gone down the past week or so in our leagues. Before we do that, though, we obviously have to discuss the Panthers and Bears trade from this last week, right? Yeah, I guess so. So this is going to be a very different uh explanation of my feelings on this trade than it would have been if uh, we had been live last Friday when the trade went down. (laughs) Uh, As you well know, Luigi, I was pretty disappointed whenever this trade first happened because I didn't understand why we sent DJ Moore in this deal. I was fine with every other aspect of the trade, but the fact that we traded our only pass catcher on this team in the deal Whenever to whenever we're acquiring a rookie quarterback, just was very odd to me. What what did you think about that part of it? Um, so when I when I read the trade, um, I saw that it was the the two first, the second, and as I kept reading down the list, I was like, "This isn't bad. This isn't bad. This isn't bad." Then I got to DJ Moore, and I'm like, "Man, that just feels like." It just feels like it was three firsts at least and an additional second to move up from the nine to the one. And the more I thought about it, I was thinking to myself, I feel like the Panthers could have moved anywhere in the top four and gotten a rookie quarterback that they would have been satisfied for. So I feel like the need to move up to one and to give up all of that draft capital and the asset and DJ Moore, I didn't feel like it was worth it at the time. Yeah, when you initially called me with it, you you kind of broke the news to me. You actually did break the news to me on Friday afternoon. I'll and set the mood. I called Joe. I say, Joe, oh, my God. Joe goes, what? I haven't seen anything. I said, you guys just traded for the number one overall pick. He said, well, what did we give up? <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, and Joe was just kind of silent. Shortly after that, another friend of ours called, and he goes, well, Panthers got their quarterback. Joe's still just kind of silent, just kind of trying to figure out why the hell the Panthers did this. I talked to Joe the next day. He had quite a different opinion. Yeah, I just, you know, the thing that I've been saying in our in our friend group chat for five years, I'm a firm believer in the NFL, not fantasy, not dynasty. Like when you're trying to win in the NFL, I've always said, what, what have I always said? You know you know where I'm going with this? You got to start with your quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, and being that I've said that for five years, and I do believe it, it's not just something I've always said, that got me to the point where I was okay with the fact that DJ Moore was part of this deal. Because as I said, DJ Moore, as of last week, what did he, what did he do? He didn't really matter because we didn't have a quarterback to throw him the football. Uh, The defense that we have that I I know that most people 
probably don't believe this, or or may, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think we have a top ten defense in the league, maybe even a top five, and th- that would show if they weren't on the field forty minutes a game. Yeah, whenever you start talking about the defense, the number that went into my head was I feel like they're top ten. Yeah, and I think that that's probably the floor. You know, I I, I think they could easily be a top five defense statistically if the offense can move the ball enough to keep them off the field for 40 minutes game, like I said, but you know, all in all, I don't want to speak for too long on this because I could, I could talk about this for three hours and bore the audience to tears. (laughs) Initially was very disappointed in the move by the next day. I'm loving it. As long as we get hit this pit on this pick, if we, if we take, Hopefully, C.J. Stroud. Please, Panthers, C.J. Stroud. Uh, Bryce Young is the only other guy to me that would be acceptable. I, I don't think you trade from 9-1 to one and give up all those assets for a project quarterback. That's just my opinion. But if we hit on whoever this is, nobody will say boo three, four, five years down the line about what we gave up to get this guy. It's an all or nothing move. It's it's uh, Fitterer showing he's he's got a little bit of a gambler in him. But like I said, if if CJ Stroud becomes or Bryce Young or whoever, I'm trying to speak it into this existence. If you couldn't tell, if this guy becomes a top ten, even top fifteen quarterback in the NFL, nobody will think we overpaid. Nobody will. Now, if he flops, then of course. We way overpaid, but I, I, after the carousel of quarterbacks that we've had over the last three to four years and all the draft picks that we've spent trying to upgrade that position, it felt like we needed to make a play like this to, to try to try to get to where we want to be. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I, I'm, I'm happy we did it at this point. Yeah, I mean, if you need any hope in the future, just kind of take a look at what the Bengals did. I mean, they didn't really have to trade all the assets for the number one overall pick and getting Joe Burrow. But I mean, their organization was going nowhere fast and they selected Joe Burrow. And now they've been to the AFC championship game for the last two years. They were in the Super Bowl, uh, not in 2022, but in 2021. And I know I'm not claiming that I think CJ Stroud or Bryce Young is, is Joe Burrow, but you have to start somewhere, and I think your defense is a lot better than what the Bengals' defense was when they drafted Joe Burrow. So you can only build from here. I know you. it probably feels like you don't have as many assets now to build from here, but you never know. You never know what you're going to be able to land in the second or third round or the fourth round. You know, you can get a stud in any round really truly. You just have to hit on that stud. It's unlikely, but it's highly possible. Yeah, you know, and where we are behind in some regards, uh, obviously Burrow came in with T. Higgins, and then they were they drafted early the next year and got Chase, which we're not going to have that option because we don't have our pick. Right. But like you said, we're starting off with a great defense, in my opinion, a much improved offensive line from a year, uh, two years ago. I, I think that they're going to be – sneaky top 10 offensive line in the league. That's that's my prediction. Uh, I know a lot of people probably think I'm crazy, but... Well, Char- they, they finished 15th 
right pff right right they they moved from basically the dead last pretty close to dead last in the league the year before to top 15 and and they're they're bringing back the whole unit uh so i'm More pretty chemistry will only help them get better yeah yeah and, and icky aquanu seems to be he could be the best tackle in the league in a year or two it's possible so also uh they have been adding free agents like gangbusters week good good deals i think for the most part i i wasn't super excited about the hayden hurst pickup because i thought it was a little expensive but we uh talked uh mr thomas ian thomas and taking a pay cut so that made it a little bit uh better pill to swallow there so we picked up miles sanders uh hurst we picked up uh, andy dalton to back up whoever this number uh one overall pick is going to be so really Outside of wide receiver, I think this team's roster is is pretty good, in my opinion. Uh, provided that our qu- quarterback that we draft is as good as we obviously think he's going to be, but I'm excited for the future. Uh, like I said, wide receiver, if we can't hit on somebody in the second or third round, could be a bit of a problem for a couple of years. But you know, sky's the limit going forward. That's that's my personal opinion. So what 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 did you guys sign Hayden Hurst to? Do you remember? I think it was three years, twenty one million, if I'm not mistaken. I think would, it was around seven million a year. Would you rather have Hayden Hurst three years at twenty one million or Mike Gesicki at one year nine million? I probably would have had Gesicki at one year nine million, probably, uh, because I'm not. I, I don't think Hayden Hurst is that great. If I'm being honest with you, I think Hayden Hurst is a great blocker. Yeah. And maybe that's why they decided to go out and get him to give give added protection to their new number one overall quarterback. Yeah, as, as opposed to looking to towards a Mike Gesicki, who may be a little bit better of a receiving option, but isn't near the blocker that. That's true, but I feel like with with uh, his name escapes me with Tommy Trimble, we kind of already had a blocking tight end. I think Tommy Trimble is going to turn into more of a receiving role than you think. He looked a lot better receiving than. Uh, Ian Thomas did last year. Uh, sure, but so did you. I mean, that's not, that's not <laughs> saying a whole that's lot. That's why you had to have him take a pay cut because yeah. he's, he's yeah. not on the field. <laughs> yeah, he's not the best signing we ever made. But <laughs> why don't we uh, transition into these trades? Uh, we're going to try to talk about as many trades as we can. Uh, Luigi, we're going to discuss, uh, I think, five trades that you made yeah we're going to discuss five trades that luigi made in various leagues to kick it off and then uh after we discuss those five trades of luigi's we are going to take a look at a league that ron and i are in together where four very interesting trades happened within a matter of a day or two uh kind of a quarterback carousel thing uh, I found it interesting, at least, and we'll we'll see later on if you guys do as well. All right, Luigi, trade number one of yours. This was a 12-team Superflex start 10. Team A, Luigi, gave up Alvin Kamara. Four, Team B, which gave up Christian Watson and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Take it away, Luigi. Tell me what you were thinking here what you like about it, what you don't like about it. So my team's in a little bit of a rebuild or retool, as I like to say. 
I felt like I had a ton of depreciating assets. I don't think I have a starting quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, that league. My quarterbacks were Matt Ryan and somebody else who doesn't really matter at this point. Uh, I've been trying to win in that league for the past three years. And honestly, whenever I drafted that team, I thought to myself, I don't know how this team can lose. Never made the championship game in that league. So if that just tells you how fantasy is fickle sometimes, that's one of the, one of the teams that I think to myself, how did that team never even make the championship? Yeah. Uh, but with all the news surrounding Alvin Kamara, I felt like I probably wasn't going to win anytime within the next two years as it was, three years. I felt like it was time to, to move off of him. and So I put him on the trade block. And within a matter of a couple of hours, I, I think I got the, the Christian Watson for CEH. And if I'm being perfectly honest, although CEH doesn't really matter at this point, I probably would have done the trade for Watson and straight up for Kamara. Well, why wouldn't you or anyone else do that trade? Right. Uh, whenever I, I started with this one, I put this one purposely on the list first because to me, of all the trades we're going to talk about tonight, this is the one where I just don't understand the Alvin Kamara side. Everything you said about Kamara with, with the possible suspension he's facing, he's getting a year older, he's a running back. Who knows what's going on in New Orleans? They just signed Jamal Williams. And in fairness to the person that made this trade, this trade happened before the Jamal Williams signing, but but still. To me, why would you make this trade in March? Why would you send a promising young wide receiver for a burging on over over the cliff running back who may not even play to start the season? There is no scenario on any of my teams, win now, win later, win now, question mark, win 20 years from now, win tomorrow, there's no team that I wouldn't take the Christian Watson side of this trade. And, and notice I didn't even add CEH's name. That's just icing on the cake. But there's no team out there, in my opinion, that should have taken the Alvin Kamara side of this trade. So the second trade that Luigi made is a 12-team Superflex start 10 league as well. Team A, which is Luigi again in this situation, traded Christian Watson. He's popular, right? You like trading for and trading away Christian Watson, don't you? Well, it's the same league. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, so this is a wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So this is going to be even more spicy. So let me get it out there first. Christian Watson for Traylon Burks and Dawson Knox. So I make the trade of I trade away Alvin Kamara and I get Christian Watson CEH and within 30 minutes I have somebody messaging me um, on group me saying, "Hey, I want Watson." I said, "All right, um, what would you give me?" And he basically just said he was going to give me uh, Watson for Burks straight up. So I thought to myself, I don't really see the point of doing that because I feel like they're the same guys, mm-hmm. same value. Mm-hmm. So. I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to keep Watson. Um, I would just rather have Watson as opposed to trading away Watson and getting Burks and that not working out for me. So he said, all right, I'll add Knox on top of it. Yeah, I think he has like two other starting tight ends. So Knox was probably not going to make it into a starting roster at any point. And so I, I felt like it was 
while I agree with you that I feel like it was basically a free Dawson Knox, I think he has two other starting tight ends uh, for, for fantasy purposes. So I don't think he was ever going to be using Dawson Knox in his starting lineup. Uh, and I felt like at the time I was getting basically a, a free Dawson Knox value in return because I did feel Watson and Burks were about the same guy. Not only that, though, but I felt like I I now have a at least startable tight end in fantasy, whether he's top 10, top 15 guy. It, it, it at least gives me some A, value to be able to trade later, or B, some points if I decide that I want to play for now. So my analysis of this trade is going to be really simple, and it's going to mirror everything that you just said, but I'm going to make it simplest. Get it to the most simplistic level. Watson and Burks are essentially the same value to me. And I think to most of us, this is basically free Dawson Knox for the Burks side. And what I find interesting about what you just said, and that I didn't realize is that this guy that was messaging, messaging you as soon as you acquired Christian Watson, basically, which makes me wonder, why wasn't he talking to the previous owner? The previous owner would have liked to have had this deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. it's weird how trades go down. Is this guy that somebody that you talked to quite a bit, the guy that reached out for Watson? No. No, uh, I hadn't had very very many communications. Actually, the guy that I traded uh, Kamara to for Watson, I, I talked to quite a bit. I'm in a couple of leagues with him. So, again, didn't realize that this these two trades were from the same league, but this basically turned into – Alvin Kamara for Traylon Burks, Dawson Knox, and uh, CEH. So, yeah, good job. Good job. Let's move on to trade number three, shall we? Now, I have to admit that the first two trades were, the special one especially was a little boring because it was so lopsided, in my opinion. Second one wasn't as boring, but it was pretty easy decision there. You know, you're Anytime you get a free mid-level tight end, why not, right? So this one is a, a quite a bit more interesting than the first two to me. It's 12-team, start 10, super flex. And I believe you just said off uh, the recording that this is the same league, too. Yeah, same league as the last two trades. Yeah. Which I didn't, didn't realize. Uh, team A, which was Luigi, traded Travis Kelsey to Team B, who traded Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, Chase Brown and Tyler Boyd. And obviously this is a Debbie league. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Debbie league. So the, the players that they were traded to me were already, um, I'm going to use the word owned by the, the team B in this scenario. Uh, I just, I felt like I couldn't pass it up. I was already heading towards a rebuild retool type team. Like I stated previously, and I was getting Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid, the, probably the top two tight ends in this draft, as well as Chase Brown, who I really feel like he could have some high upside in this league. Uh, he feels like he could be one of those almost bell cow guys, which I feel is how the league is headed. I don't, I don't feel like there's going to be too many bell cows left in the league uh, come 2023, 2024. But I feel like he could be one of those guys that can handle the rock just a little bit more than, than the other guy. And he showed that at Illinois. I've been really high on him for the last couple of years. And whenever he was involved in the trade with the, the two top tight ends in the draft and Tyler Boyd was, I, I asked for Tyler Boyd 
So the original offer was Mayor Kincaid and Brown. I asked for Tyler Boyd. And the guy was like, yeah, I might as well just throw Tyler Boyd in there. I was hoping I could get a little bit something else out of Tyler Boyd, which I haven't been able to so far. So if you listen to this and you're in the league and you like Tyler Boyd, send me an offer for that guy. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the calculator a little bit tonight. Uh, the calculator, as I've said before, I think I've said it before on the show, it is not the Bible. It is not the be-all, end-all. And it doesn't determine my values. What it does help me understand is what the consensus is thinking. Because I think if we're all being honest, the calculator is more accurate than our own personal opinions. And that goes for everybody. Uh, the calculator, uh, you know, uses whatever kind of, whatever advanced metrics they're using. Uh, but I think it, it gives us a closer kind of insight into what our fellow league mates might be thinking. So with the first two trades, you won those pretty decently based on the calculator. And we agree that you won those trades. This one is interesting to me because you got brutalized on the calculator, but I actually think that you got plenty of value for what you're trying to do. So this is one of those cases where I kind of vehemently agree, disagree with the calculator. Uh, I think this trade works well for both teams. It's an absolute no brainer for the Kelsey side, because I'm assuming he's win now. Correct. So you're going to pay this for, for Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, if, if you're trying to, to win the chip. Uh, I like it for you, too. You got two of the top tight end prospects in this year's draft class. I've seen both of these guys, Kincaid and Mayer, mocked in the first round of the NFL draft numerous times. Yeah, I've seen them both go top 25. One goes 15, one goes 25. Yeah, the only other guy in the tight, the tight end this year, I have seen the Washington kid from Georgia – get mocked into the Darn late hell, yeah. late first round once or twice. But to me, it seems like these are the two consensus best tight ends. Uh, so, you know, Chase Brown and Tyler Boyd, that's not a whole lot of value. I think that obviously the the meat of this trade was the, the two tight ends. Uh, you know, if, if you're heading into a rebuild, would you trade Travis Kelsey for two guys who might end up being Kelsey light down the road? That's kind of where I see this. Uh, I believe that Mayer and Kincaid are probably both going to go in tight. This is this wasn't tight in premium, was it? That no. changes things a little bit as far as the draft value. Draft value of these guys. I, I think I probably would like this trade even more in a tight end premium league, and obviously the Kelsey side would probably like it even you know even more too, but. I think Mayer and Kincaid have higher draft value in, in the tight end premium, obviously. I think I think their draft value, where they get drafted, isn't going to show their production. And I think that's what the calculator is currently showing is roughly where their draft projection is in fantasy drafts. Mm-hmm. So maybe when the uh, NFL draft actually gets here and they actually get to the teams, uh, we'll be able to look down – back at this and, and see the value of the calculator on my side or the side that I received raise up quite a bit. Well, sure. It, you know, and again, that's why I, I say that the calculator is not to be all end all. I think this trade is much closer than what the calculator projects it as. Uh, there is a trade you made later on where I tend to agree with calculator, but we'll, we'll get into that 
getting that into that later. Dun dun dun. All right, trade number four for Luigi. This is a sixteen team tight end premium start eight. So that's about the equivalent number of stars to a twelve team ten starter, right? Yeah, the twelve team start ten is one hundred and twenty, and the sixteen team start eight is one hundred and twenty four. Yeah, so right there, uh, we rely on Luigi in this group to do the math for us on the spot. Uh, team A, which is Luigi, sent Michael Pittman and the one fifteen to Team B, who sent Cooper Cup and Adam Thielen. So. My team took second place last year in this league. I also had a ton of injuries at the end of the year, uh, including like Goddard and, and Jalen Hurts. So I felt like adding a more reliable wide receiver in Cooper Cup was just going to help my chances of winning. I also made a, a different trade in this league that we're not going to talk about because it includes Debbie players, but I got better with that trade as well. So I really feel like my win now window is, is really the next two or three years and adding Cooper cup. I feel like I'll be better than Michael Pittman in the one fifteen. And I did get Adam Thielen who isn't a ton, but if somebody, one of my other wide receivers goes down, one of my running backs go down, I can slot him in there and, and hope for 10 to 15 points every game. Yeah. You know, this is a little more difficult for me because I, I don't have any 16 teams start eights. The value in a regular league, what I would call a regular league, a 12-10 a 12, basically, would be on the Pittman 115 side. But considering you're only starting eight and maybe depth on your team isn't as important, although there are 16 teams, so... I can see why you would do this trade, but I, I do favor the value side of Pittman, the Pittman 115 side. And I, I really don't think you would disagree with that. Would you? No, no. If I wasn't so looking forward to winning this league or, or trying to win this league again, like I did this past year, I probably would not have made that trade. Even if there was a, a second coming back with the Cooper cup side, uh, I'm, I'm pretty high on Michael Pittman. I probably have him and, and Cup super similar in my rankings, but at the end of the day, really Cooper Cup could be the wide receiver one, and I don't see Michael Pittman coming anywhere close to that. So the calculator has you as a slight dog in this trade, I would say. And honestly, because this is a win-now move for you, if you make the money in this league, you know, that slight bit of value isn't going to mean anything. And, yeah. I, and I know that's that's a, kind of like a strategy of yours that you employ. You, your value is secondary to you as to making moves to, to make money right now. I, or I see you heading more in that direction this year. I don't know if that has something to do with maybe things that happened in your league last year. But definitely doing this podcast with you, I think I've, I've seen that you're very geared towards winning next year in a lot of your leagues. I feel like in 2022, I had a lot of leagues that I was retooling. And in 2023, I feel like I've been able to so far get the value that helps my teams go in the right direction of winning. Because at the end of the day, you know, we all want to win and we all want to win the money. And with the value that I was able that I've been able to gain so far and across all my leagues, I, I felt like 
I haven't been giving away too, too much in the trade that we're probably about to discuss. I know I probably gave away a lot, uh, but I really, really wanted to head in the win now direction and with, with this t- uh, trade four in the direction that I've already been going. And uh, adding Cooper Cup, I feel like just solidified me as as the the championship favorite, the the number one team, the team that won the league last year. Um, he's had quite a few, I'm going to say, retirees and 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 just older players that are depreciating. So I feel like adding Cooper Cup just jolts me over the top. Well, we spoiled it twice now uh, earlier in the show. So let's get to Luigi's final trade, trade number five of his. And guess what? It's a 101 trade. <laughs> it's got to be, right? I'm going to highlight as many 101 trades over the next few weeks as I can. I find them absolutely fascinating. I saw another one from uh, Dave uh, Pilling, a friend of the shows, that we need to talk about next week. I, I didn't put it on the list because I was mainly focused on trades in our leagues, but we need to talk about his as well because I think it was interesting. Uh, but this one is Team A, the 101, for Team B, and this is Luigi. I'm trading these assets. Yes, this is what he sent for the 101. Terry McLaren, the 108, the 110, and a late 2024 first. So this is, it just says 12 team here. What was, is this, this is super flex, obviously. Yeah, it's a super flex. No tight end no premium. No tight end premium. Start 10, Start 10 right? 10. Yes. Okay. So standard league with no tight end premium, basically. So defend yourself. I mean, there's not really a whole lot of defending I can do. I wanted the guy at the time. Um, I think he was still valued at being the 101. And I mean, he's right there along with, Stroud at being the 101 and who knows I may take Stroud if, if it comes to that I would have traded all these assets for CJ Stroud instead of Bijan Robinson Bullshit. The, the likelihood is I'm taking <laughs> Bijan Robinson I wanted the guy I think I've got two more early to mid firsts in this league and my team is our I have a plethora of wide receivers in this league real quick if you traded all this to get uh CJ Stroud You'll be the only guy in this in the world that paid more than the Panthers to get CJ Stroud. <laughs> I was thinking that whenever you started saying that, I was like, "Oh boy, I paid more than the Panthers." <laughs> uh, but I've got a plethora of wide receivers. Uh, I've got a solid starting tight end. The only thing that I'm really lacking right now is a that that solid running back that that pushes you over the top uh, of the other teams in the league. And Bijan Robinson's going to be that guy for me. That's all I can say about it. So we try to be nice on this show and we try to encourage each other and pat each other on the back whenever, whenever we make a good trade. And we, we're, we try to be critical whenever the trades aren't so great for the person that made them. I'm about but to be dunked on. This is going to be one McLaren, who is admittedly is a, is a wide receiver, two and a half wide receiver, three, right? I get that. The one away and the one ten in a, Pretty deep first round, I would say, with the way these quarterbacks have come out. Uh, I would think we would we would agree that that's pretty deep. And then we're saying a late 2024 first, and it probably will be a late 2024 first. I haven't seen your old roster, but I'm assuming you wouldn't make this trade unless you were ready to win. But we know the wheels can always fall off. 
this could be easily a couple injuries. This could turn from a late to a mid and God forbid you, you have one of those injury riddled seasons. We could be looking at the one Oh three or one Oh four here. And doing all this, it's funny that you mentioned CJ Stroud because I would be much more likely to trade this, this hall for a quarterback than I would for a running back. <laughs> never mind a running back that has never played it down in the National Football League. And yes, I, I know that we all think he's going to be absolutely fantastic. But you're going to hear me reference this guy on the show a lot. We thought Trent Richardson was going to be absolutely fantastic. So to me, I just, I can't stomach this trade there's no situation where i could ever trade this many assets to get any running back ever just my personal opinion uh we talked about we've been talking a little bit about the calculator this calculator trade is almost double in the in the picks and terry mclaren side and this is one of those situations where maybe it shouldn't maybe it's not quite double but i think it's probably at least at least a third off in the direction of the picks. So I think that if Louis and he kind of already said this, he's being completely honest. This just came down to I just want to share B. John Robinson. Yeah, because I've traded away all my one on one shares in leagues because I picked up similar to this value, if not better. So I just I wanted one share and I felt like this was a team that 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 I was going to do it with. I have one share of the 101 this year, and it is on a team that probably should draft B. John Robinson, if I'm being honest. I uh, probably shouldn't trade the pick, but if I get offered this, guess what? I'm trading the pick. I'm trading that pick. Yeah, this is just – this is so much value. I mean, this is this is bordering. I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't make this trade. But this is closer to Justin Jefferson value than it is B. John Robinson value, in my opinion. Uh, you add you add you know another first or maybe even a couple of seconds and, and you're probably talking Justin Jefferson here. And just personally for me, I I can't ever put a a running back at uh, anywhere close to the top three or four wide receivers in the league. Uh, do you got anything else to say in your defense before we move on to uh, to to some of my trades and some of the, some trades from another league? Oh, well, I hope Bijan Robinson is just a 400-point guy for the next six years. Well, that's the only way that this trade is going to work, okay? <laughs> just to be perfectly honest with you, he's going to have to be Barry Sanders on steroids. <laughs> so let's move away from your trades, Luigi, and let's move to a league that I actually commissioned this league, and Ryan is in this league, and uh, also our good friend of the show, Tyler McPherson has a team in this league and the four trades we're about to talk about all happened. Basically a chain where it was a chain reaction from Tyler deciding that he wanted quarterbacks. He came to me, actually, I kind of, I knew that he wanted quarterbacks. So I tried to shop Justin Fields to him because I knew he, no, he's a Fields guy. And as we know now, I'm not a Justin Fields guy. No. Yeah. 
I couldn't really get the deal for Justin Fields that I wanted from him, but it got me to thinking maybe somebody else out there will, will make this uh, trade for Justin Fields and I can get more of what I want. Tyler put some good offers out there to me, but even though I don't like Justin Fields, I recognize his value. He's a first-round startup guy, and none of the pieces that Tyler was offering or could offer me had any stud players coming back. So I went out and started sending out some more offers to different people to see if I could move Justin Fields and get a stud. And basically that's what we have here with trade number one. So trade number one is team a, which is Joe is trading Justin Fields and John Mechie to team B who is trading to Joe, AJ Brown and Derek Carr. Now, this is a 12-team super flex league. No tight end premium. Should have mentioned that at the beginning. The next four trades will all be in this format. i got to be honest with you. I think this trade works well for both teams. It's a fair price for fields. So if you like fields, you probably love that side of it. If you don't care for fields like I don't, you pick up a stud at another position. In my opinion, the second most important position by far in a non-tight end premium league. And you pick up a quarterback that should be very relevant for the next three to four years. That was my entire thinking here. Wanted to move off of fields. I didn't really want to move that far down on the quarterback tree to Derek Carr, but there weren't trades out there to get a small up downgrade from fields and maybe add on to it that way. So I had to start targeting wide receivers And the reason why I know that these trades weren't out there, part of it is I sent some offers myself, but also Tyler and I have been in constant talks about all the offers he'd been sending out and just hadn't got any bites from anyone. So I felt really good to be able to turn Justin Fields into my wide receiver four and Derek Carr, who admittedly at the time was still a free agent, but we all pretty much knew he was going to have a decent landing spot, which he ended up having. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was a pretty big lateral move from Fields to Carr, but it's not as big of a lateral move from Fields to A.J. Brown in terms of value. Right. Uh, So you're not dropping very far in terms of value, but you're also picking up Derek Carr, who, like you said, it's going to be relevant for two, three, four, five. Who knows how long he's around? He's he's a pocket passer guy. Those guys can can play till their late 30s, early 40s sometimes. Uh, I... I'm admittedly not a Fields guy either. I've actually made trades this year and even towards the end of last year where if I could move Fields and pick up Lamar Jackson plus, I've been doing that. And I feel like there's too much hype surrounding Justin Fields that is making him way more valuable to the Dynasty community than I think he actually is. And now that Ryan's not here today, I can say that freely without getting any any backlash. Well, and, and I'll, I'll play not really devil's advocate, but I can understand this this gentleman, uh, his name is Ha Ha, Ha Ha Ha, if you're listening. Uh, that's his team name in this league. If he likes Justin Fields, then why not do this trade? I mean, if uh, who's someone similar that we like that in this range? Uh Deshaun Watson, right? 
So if you have Deshaun Watson similarly valued to, to, to Fields as a quarterback and you get an offer sent to you for Watson for your A.J. Brown car, you might consider doing that trade. So I see where his where his line of thinking was. He obviously likes uh, Justin Fields. So I think this is a good trade for him. I, I really do. I think it's a good trade for me too because I accomplished exactly what I was trying to accomplish. Uh, but there may be more to this story with Mr. Haha and Justin Fields later on. So stay tuned. All right. So moving on to trade number two. Team A is sending two Tiger Vailoa. Team B, the Carolina Panthers are sending DJ Moore the 10. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's is Tyler's team. It's trading DJ Moore the 108 and the 208 for Tua. I didn't think about this until you just said that. That, that that that's that's weird. And this trade definitely happened before that trade happened. So, uh, so this was Tyler after the Fields trade went down. He was still out there trying to find what he could find, and this is what he came up with. Uh, you know, to me, this is a very team dependent trade, in my opinion. The tour owner. The Tua owner has Daniel Jones, Pickett, and Rodgers in that league. So I'm sure he felt like, hey, I can spare Tua to, to try to win this season. Uh, I feel like he got pretty good value here. I, I also feel like on the flip side that Tyler wanting to acquire a young quarterback as badly as he did, this, is, this was probably the best deal he could get done to attain, obtain one. So I, I think this trade works for both parties. Again, I think the value is a bit on the DJ Moore 108, 208 side, but it's minimal at best. And if you need a quarterback, I think this is a great trade. Yeah, you know, I'm a lot higher on Tua, I feel like, than especially than you are. And I know a lot of that has to do with not necessarily his talent, but with the injury potential. But injury potential and, and anything really could happen to any player in the league. So I try my best not to factor in injuries at too heavily into my values. So like I said, I, I do have two uh, quite a bit higher than you do. And I'm still a little bit on the DJ Moore 108-208 side. I just feel like that's just a little bit too much. And when I say a little bit, I mean probably like that may be the 208 or less. You know, just a little bit too much. So with that being said, you agree with me. Being that it's only a little bit too much and you need a quarterback, it's go probably – Go get your quarterback. Right, go get your quarterback. Yeah, pay so. for your quarterback because there aren't very many teams that I have ever seen that have won money without quarterbacks. So Tyler and the, I believe this gentleman's – his team name is Clock Terrorist. He won the league last year, actually. It's a good trade by both of y'all. I think your teams did exactly what they needed to do with this deal. So moving on to trade number three. Team A in this situation is Joe, traded Dak Prescott in the 204, which is the 16th overall pick, to Team B, which is Tyler in this situation, for Russell Wilson, Najee Harris, and the 106. So I'd already made the Justin Fields trade down to uh, A.J. Brown and, and Derek Carr. And Tyler had made his trade to acquire Tua. He still wanted a second quarterback, and I knew that. But also, you know, 
probably all of you know from listening to the show, and Louise, you definitely know this. I'm a guy who likes to have good quarterbacks. I was I was okay with letting go of Fields because I'm not a Fields believer, but I am a Dak believer, and I actually agonized over this trade for quite a while. This was in my inbox for about four hours. It's a trade that Tyler and I constructed together, but I didn't know if I wanted or not because even though I, I think with what you're about to tell us is the value is clearly on my side, and, and I agree, I got the value of it. And I told Tyler that before we made the trade. I'm like, I'm getting the value here because I really don't want to move from Dak and Justin Fields to Derek Carr and Russell Wilson, which is a, is de- exactly what I did. Now, I picked up a lot of value in the two trades to go with it, of course, but just from a quarterback's position standpoint for this team, I made a huge downgrade on both guys, right? So it, it, it took me quite a while, but I finally did accept the trade. And the reason why is that eventually I came to the conclusion that the overall value and the position it would put my team in to compete next year was just too good to pass up on. Uh, I certainly didn't want to move from Prescott Fields to Carr Wilson in the process of two trades, but that's what I did in this league, for better or for worse. But what it ended up doing is, is going into this trade, not a quarterback, I had Walker and Brees Hall at, at running back, and I obviously I added Najee Harris to that group. I had Amon Ross St. Brown and... Another top 10 guy. I'm trying to remember who it was. Waddle, maybe. I think it was Waddle. I'd have to go look. Uh, and then I added A.J. Brown to that group. But I had three top 10 wide receivers at the end of the day. I, I think it's Waddle. I can't, I'm not sure. I know it's uh, Amon Ra. Um, no, it's Amon Ra and Alave. Sorry. So I have Amon Ra. Alave and I added AJ Brown with these two trades to uh, Brees Hall, Walker, and Najee Harris. And then at tight end, I, I don't really have much, but I do also have the 104, which I had before these trades, and I picked up the 106. So my thinking is, is that my quarterbacks aren't going to be that big of a deal. At 104, I think I should be able to probably get Jameer Gibbs to add to my running back group. I feel like with those four guys at running back and three of my top ten wide receivers, not to mention us, so I haven't even brought this up, I have Watson and Burks on this team too for some depth and some big-time upside. I'm probably going to try to trade those guys. I uh, also have the 106 to, guess what, probably get one of these four quarterbacks to add to uh, Sam Howell and Jordan Love as my QB three, four, and five. So I think that there's enough at the quarterback position to justify these two trades. So I'll turn it over to you, Luigi. Yeah, I feel like when your team is that, I'm going to use the word stupid, in terms of uh, players at their positions with Hall being my RB2 and uh, Walker being my, I think my RB6, I think is, is where I have him ranked. Um I have Najee Harris quite a bit higher than a lot of people do. And while I'm not as high on Jameer Gibbs as I think the vast majority of the community is, 
if you take him at 104, you're still he's going to be your RB4. I mean, do you really need him to be that great? You, you don't need him to be a Bijan Robinson or a Bruce Hall. No. You need him to be a little bit worse than Najee Harris. If he's a little bit worse than Najee Harris, I think that's taking him at 104 is worth it. Yeah. Um, I personally would slam accept this the moment this was sent to my inbox, as much as I love Dak. And I'm a Dak guy as well. I just, I, I think. I think I value Russell Wilson a little bit higher than than a late first or a 2024 first. And I think it's pretty much – I pretty much look at this as Prescott for Harrison, the 106, and Wilson for the 204. And I just think I, – I think getting Wilson for the 204 is insane value to me. Yeah, and obviously I like – if I didn't get this value, I would not have made this trade straight yeah. up. And like I said, Tyler knew that. He knew he was going to have to overpay if he wanted Dak. Uh, so I just, I still am fidgety about this team just because I'm not used to having middle tier quarterbacks, so to speak. But I, I do love all the all the upside of the non quarterbacks I have on the team, obviously. And I'll, I'll say this for Tyler: he had a mission to get two young quarterbacks, youngish with Dak, of course, uh, to get two quarterbacks that he, you know, could build his team around for, for a, a win later strategy. And he went out and did it. Did he lose some value on both trades? Sure Probably. he did. Yeah. yeah, sure. But you're going to lose value when you go after top-tier quarterbacks, almost always. When you go after top – Tier really any position you're going to lose value because specifically quarterback though. right but but why in my opinion why do you want to trade away your guy for equal value you know it, right if you have a guy on your team uh, Justin Jefferson's a great example you're I'm, you're probably not giving Justin Jefferson up unless you get the moon and yeah. by the moon you need a lot of value yeah and so I mean that that's just the same way when it comes to you know Dad, Prescott may not be elite but he is a QB one and. Those are hard to find, obviously. Yeah, there's only 12. There's only 12 of those guys. There's only 12 of them, yeah. So, but, I, but when I say QB1, I mean guys who you know you can rely on every week to score you 20-plus points a game. And, and those guys are, are really hard to come by. That includes wide receivers and running backs and, and so on and so forth, you know? And, and they're so hard to trade for. And like you said, they're so hard to trade away. Yeah. You know, interestingly, I just noticed this. I've got all the calculator values for all these trades because we've been discussing that a little bit. His trade for Tua and his trade with me, B, for this, he lost almost identical value according to the calculator. What is that, about 20% on each trade? Yeah, yeah, right around 20%. About 20%. And so that just goes to show you that the the first gentleman that he was he traded with had the same way of approaching this that I did. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to trade Tua, I'm going to have to get my money's worth. So I, I, I do like this trade for me. I don't know if it's going to work out, but I also maybe, maybe if I was Tyler, I might've tried to press for a little bit more, but I'm not, he actually, no, I wouldn't have because he knew I wasn't going to give it. This was one of those situations where Tyler knows you, Tyler yeah, knows your values. Yeah. I wasn't going to come off of, of Dak as my QB one for anything less than this. So 
We'll see how it work goes, Tyler. Uh, I think it's going to go well for me next year, but in the future, who knows? Uh, you know, this trade could catch you up in, uh, you know, in a matter of a couple of years. Values trade uh, uh, change, excuse me, uh, pretty much month to month. You never really know. Right, right. All right, now moving on to trade number four in the last trade of the evening. Team A, Ryan, is getting Josh Allen, uh, trading Josh Allen, excuse me, to Team B for Justin Fields and Mark Andrews. So Ryan had known in this league that I was trying to move Justin Fields. And he just did not have any assets that I was interested in. I really wanted to make a trade with Ryan, but all his all his assets in that league until now, or besides Josh Allen, were depreciating. Uh, good quality guys, you know, that Stephon Diggs's and Christian McCaffrey's of the world, but all guys who are you know moving down on the value tree instead of moving up. And although my team, I feel like had a chance to win, it was very very young, as you've heard my roster already. So I just didn't want to move into those older pieces. And I also didn't want to trade up into Josh Allen. I felt like my team to compete needed more pieces than to have to trade Josh Allen and a big piece to move up to get, or sorry, Justin Fields and a big piece to move up to Josh Allen. So just, there wasn't a trade between me and Ryan that, that worked. So as soon as Ryan saw that I had moved Justin Fields to a different team, he was pouncing to try to get Justin Fields uh, for what he had originally wanted to do with me, which was to, he'd been trying to shop him to me for Fields plus for Allen. Like I said, I, I didn't really want that deal, but haha, who we mentioned earlier, who I made the Fields trade with uh, decided to move into Josh Allen with Fields. He, he gave up a lot of assets in the two trades he made in, in, in these two days to move from, essentially Derek Carr to Josh Allen, which you're like, whoa, it sounds like he did really, really well, which he did. I, I, I firmly believe he did exactly what he wanted to do. But he also sent with Derek Carr, Mark Andrews, and A.J. Brown to get to Josh Allen. But now that I'm saying that out loud, it doesn't seem so bad, really. No, that's not, that's not terrible. I, I wouldn't do it because I feel, feel like trading those two assets – takes you out of, I want to say contention, and you know me with my wanting to be in contention a lot. Right. Um, I probably wouldn't do it, and I think Josh Allen's my QB1. You know that. I should mention that the quarterback uh, one of HaHa's previous to these two trades was, can you guess who it was? Um, Aaron Rodgers. No. Who? No. Joe Burrow. Okay. So he has does now have Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, which – is a very enviable enviable position. I, I'm quite jealous of it myself. Now, yeah. obviously, the rest of my positional group thwarts his by quite a bit because of these trades he's made. But whenever you put uh, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow up against Derek Carr and, and Russell Wilson, you got a lot a lot of catching up to do with that gap. Yeah, with that with the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback gap. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, moving from Allen to Fields isn't a move I could stomach. This coming from, from Ryan's point of view. It's well-documented. You and I aren't Fields guys. So we both personally hate this trade. However, just like I said 
earlier with the Justin Fields trade that I made with HaHa, I'll say this again. If you are a Justin Fields guy, you have to love this trade. I see why Ryan is happy with it. He was able to get the tight end too. Now, this is a non-tight end premium league, which does matter. But still, he was able to add the tight end too to a quarterback that he legitimately would take at the end of excuse me, at the end of the first round of startup draft. So basically he's moving from one in his mind from like 109, 110. He's moving back from 102, excuse me, to 109, 110. And he's picking up Mark Andrews in the process. I think that if this was someone like for you and me, if this was a Deshaun Watson, maybe even a Kyler Murray, depending on how you feel about him or like a Lamar Jackson, I think that we would be, way more on board with this trade. But because it's Justin Fields, and I don't believe in Justin Fields, I love this for the Josh Allen side. But I understand why Ryan did it, because he loves Justin Fields, and to him, he's getting a value here. Yeah, and like I've stated previously on this show just a few minutes ago and in previous shows, I have Josh Allen as my quarterback one in fantasy. And like you've just stated we're not as high on field as some of the community, most of the community, whatever it is, but especially Ryan. Uh, I would have seen this deal offered in my inbox for Josh Allen, and I may not have even countered. I, I feel like Josh Allen's one of those guys that I just don't want to trade. Yeah. I don't want to trade Josh Allen. I don't want to trade Patrick Mahomes. don't want to trade Joe Burrow. It's getting to the point where I don't want to trade Jalen Hurts, but those are really the only four guys that I – don't want to trade. I would have needed quite a bit more than Fields and Andrews. Yeah, I wouldn't consider this trade for Josh Allen either. Uh, so I did want to bring up or, or talk for a second about these trades were all made in this league, these four trades in the league is who cares what the name of the league is. That's a gym name that I came up with about four years ago whenever Tyler and I were uh, – talking about starting the league and I, I eventually took it over for him. But anyways, uh, in early March, how rare is it that you see four trades in the same league in the process of two days? I'd say that's pretty rare in itself, but Luigi, as we, uh, as we have talked about these, all four of these trades have involved at least one top 12 quarterback, top 10-ish, top 12-ish quarterback. One trade, the last one we talked about, the the Allen for Fields and, and the Mark Andrews, involved two of those top 10-ish, 12-ish quarterbacks. And to me, that is, uh, that's pretty fascinating that, you know, sometimes you don't see guys like that get traded four times in a year in the league. So for it to happen in a couple of days, just a domino effect that started with me and Tyler, honestly, discussing quarterback trades between me and him and ended up me going somewhere else and just kind of snowballed from there. And this is what can happen when you're in a league with, with people that you know, uh, or that you've been in a league, not necessarily you have to know them in real life like we do, but you know them also from being in a league with them for years. This, this year's four or five years old. So even though we don't know Haha personally, we all kind of know what his trade tendencies are, just as I'm sure that he kind of knows what ours are as well. So this is one of the differences between what I consider to be a good active league and then 
a run-of-the-mill league where you just don't see a whole lot of action going on. And these four teams all, two, well, two of them very definitely made a definitive statement about who they are next year. My statement was is that I'm going to take this good, young, positional group and I'm going to try to win with it while not getting too terribly old. Uh, Tyler definitely decided, hey, I'm tanking. I'm going to get my quarterbacks and the rest of my team is going to be dog duty, and we'll see where my draft pick ends up. Uh, Ryan was just trying to, you know, acquire a little bit of what he considered to be value because his team is on is aging, and he doesn't feel like that he can trade a whole lot of the assets that are declining, like Diggs and McCaffrey and so on and so forth. So he figured he could still stay competitive while, you know, adding some depth slash youth to his team with with fields like i said i don't know haha personally but i have to feel like that he is going with the tank for get get two of the top three quarterbacks in the league and figure it out from there even if it takes a couple of years and uh you know i i've done that before and it's a strategy that i'm very very comfortable with and like i said a little if i'm envious of any of the teams in this league that were active in these trades it's him because that's that's a great spot to be in with Allen and Burrow uh any closing thoughts from you on any of the trades today Luigi before we wrap this up no I think we touched on everything that I would want to talk about okay well that'll do it for the seventh episode of the Dynasty Dreamers podcast thank you for joining us Please leave any comments below. Let us know what you think about these trades. Did we do well? Did we do poorly? Are we absolutely nuts? We hope you join us next time. For my co-hosts, Luigi Federico and Ryan Nunn, this has been Joe Galloway signing off.